And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on this side of Jordan by Jericho. And Balak the son of Zippor saw all the Israel, all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was sore afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that are round about us as an ox licketh up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. He sent messengers, therefore, unto Balaam, the son of Beor, to Pethor, which is by the river in the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. Come now, I, therefore, I pray thee, curse me these people, for they are too mighty for me. Preadventure I shall prevail, that we may smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I wot that he whom thou blessed is blessed, and he whom thou cursed is cursed. And the elders of Moab and the elders of Medan departed with the rewards of divination in their land. And they came unto Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balak. And he said unto them, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again as the Lord shall speak unto me. And the prince, princes of Moab abode with Balaam. And God came unto Balaam and said, What men are these with thee? And Balaam said unto God, Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, hath sent unto me, saying, Behold, there is people come out of Egypt, which cover the face of the earth. Come now, curse me them, preadventure, I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balaam, Get you up, get you into your land, for the Lord refuseth to give me leave to go with you. Shall we pray and ask the blessing of the Lord? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you now. We ask your blessing and your guidance upon the Word of God tonight. We realize that in ourselves we are nothing, but in you we can accomplish great things. And we pray, Lord, that the Spirit of God shall move and minister to the needs of every one of these people. And God, may your power and your Spirit be upon each life, for you know the needs that are before us. We thank you and we praise you for this. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Before I go any farther tonight, I want to make it very clear that I believe in the power of prayer. Amen? 
I believe that we need to pray, and I believe that we ought to pray. I believe there ought to be a time every day of our life when we shut ourselves alone in that secret place with God and begin to cry out to Him. I believe that also that as Paul said that we ought to pray without ceasing, continually as we're going down the road, as we're working upon the job, as we're laboring each day to have our minds and our thoughts and all that we do upon God and our minds completely in tune in constant prayer with the Holy Spirit. But what I'm about to say tonight is that I have learned a secret. And that is that prayer is real and that God honors it, but prayer alone is not enough. I believe that sometimes we've tried to substitute prayer for things that need to be done in another matter. For instance, at the time of the flood, I believe that prayer would have been a poor substitute for the ark. Amen? In that particular time, no need of the ark when the flood began to come. When the waters begin to sweep over the face of the earth, I'm sure that Noah did pray, and I'm sure that there are times that he was on his face before God, because the Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and it's impossible to find grace in the eyes of the Lord without prayer. I'm sure that he probably did pray, but the Scripture doesn't say so. At the time that the waters begin to rise, he needed an ark. Now, many times people will try to substitute prayer or use prayer as a substitute for something that needs to be done in another matter. Do you believe that? I've seen it happen so many times. Even history, I was reading a book, and it proves that prayer in itself is not enough. I read about a man whose name was Martin Basil, and he wrote on a parchment a little insignia that kind of blessed me when I read it. He said, I know I can only be saved by the merits of thy blood, holy Jesus. I acknowledge thy suffering for me. I love thee. I love thee. And then he took this parchment. He pulled out a brick in the wall and he put the brick back in, the parchment in and the brick in its place. And that parchment had gone nearly 200 years before it was discovered. But during the time that he placed it in the wall and during the time that it was discovered, Martin had translated the New Testament into German. He wrote songs. He spent his life working for Jesus, leading souls to God, and ministering to the needs of people upon the face of the earth. His life was not spent simply saying, I'll pray about it, but he began to put action to his prayers, and he began to walk and work for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I believe that God wants us to pray, but brother, if you believe enough to pray for God, I believe you need to put feet to your prayers. Hallelujah. And begin to live and to walk and to work and to act the works of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's what I like about what's going on up here in Prescott. Every morning there's a prayer meeting. But you know the prayer meeting isn't the end of it. There's works that are going out to back up the prayers. There are ministries that are being spread out in other areas. God's using an outreach ministry. And this is what it's all about. It's men and women that will pray. But know that prayer in itself is not enough to do the job. I remember many times when I've had problems upon my life. 
I went to see different individuals and talked to them about it. And they said, well, praise the Lord. I'll pray about it. And if you've got something upon your own heart, they'll say, well, pray about it. You know, sometimes prayer in itself will not do it. But it takes an individual to act. It's like the people in the world today. And I, I remember I heard about an evangelist that had come to hold a revival in a church. And he was preaching for the ladies on Tuesday morning. The ladies, they gathered down around the front of the church and they all began to pray. And they got together in their regular prayer meeting they always have. And as they began to pray, they were praying for a certain harlot that was on the block. And they began to cry out, and they said, Oh, God, save that woman. Do something for that woman. Save her or move her off the block. Save her or get her out of our community. She's a menace to the community, and she's not what we need. And, oh, they were just crying out to God, praying for that woman. When the evangelist stood up being a wise man, he told her, he said, he said, I heard some of the prayers that you uttered for that woman, but he said, I'd like to know what you've done for her. One lady spoke up and said, oh, they said, we pray for her every time we come together, we pray. He said, I know that, but what have you done? They said, why, I don't think you understand. They said, we pray for that woman. He said, let me tell you, ladies, something. And he said, I say this in boldness, but I say it in love. He said, that woman is going to hell while you pray for her. She doesn't need somebody to pray for her. She needs somebody to preach her the gospel. Have you gone down there and put your arms around her? Have you told her that Jesus loves her? Have you told her that God died for her sins? Have you went in and shown her that the love of God is in you and that it wants to be in her? Hallelujah. You see, prayer in itself is not enough. Sometimes it's easy for us to get down on our knees and say, Oh God, I want you to do a certain thing or pray about a certain thing, but we've already got it figured in our minds what we want God to do. Amen. Martin Luther made a statement. He said, Pray, but keep the hammers pounding. And I like that. Pray, but keep the hammers pounding. Hallelujah. Even though you're praying, don't stop laboring. Don't stop working. Because God has sent us here that we might do a job for Jesus Christ. And the souls might come to know Him and be born into the kingdom of God. And that will come through prayer. But it will come through individuals who put feet to their prayers and begin to labor and work and walk and testify and witness to the power of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? There was a young fellow that was converted in a mission. And he had such zeal on his heart and such zeal in his soul that he went out one day and he just, every day that he'd live, he'd go out and he'd gather all these people and he'd bring them back into the mission. One day he brought some 20-some men, went out and rounded them up, told them about Jesus, come dragging them into that mission. And when he came in, someone came to him to ask him, they said, how do you get so many of these people to come to this mission. They said, we just haven't been able to do that, and we wonder how you have such success in reaching out and getting so many to come. He said something that was clever, but is very true. He said, well, I get down on my knees and talk, talk, talk. And then I get up on my feet and walk, walk, walk. Hallelujah. And you know, I thought that's true. 
Because that's where it is. He got down and got his strength from God. He got down and sought the Lord. And he really got hold of the kingdom of God. And then he went out and began to impress upon the world and upon those he came in contact with exactly what he had received from the Lord Jesus Christ. Prayer is no substitute for work, church. There takes a combination of the two, of praying and working together for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. To do the work of the Master, you must pray. But you have to put feet to your prayers. Do you believe that? Prayer is no substitute for obedience. I don't care how you look at it. You can pray until you drop dead in your tracks, but it will never substitute for obedience. And you just missed a good place to say amen. Hallelujah. It's truth. The Bible tells us about a man named Balaam who was a prophet of God. And Balaam prayed. But at the end of the story, we see the shameful error of that prophet and how he had messed up in such a terrible manner. But yet he prayed. Think about it. Here was Balaam, this man of God, the prophet of God. And the Bible says that King Balaam, uh, Balak had looked down over the valley and he saw all of those Israelites down there. And he saw those people by the thousands and the millions uh, camped all over. And he said, there's so many that we can't possibly fight with those people. They'll come up here and just lick us up like an ox licketh the grass. And he said, something's got to happen. And there was a man came to him and they said, go to Balaam. Balaam is a man that whomsoever he curses is cursed. And whomsoever he blesses is blessed. Now, maybe if you can get this man, Balaam, to bless or to curse those people, you'll overcome them. So the Bible tells us that King Balaam, he, Balak, he loaded up his men and his princes and, and all of these fine things full of gifts and jewels to take to Balaam. And they went down to Balaam and they offered him all of this. And they said, now the king has offered you this if you'll just come up and put a curse upon these people. They said, now the people are so many that they're going to overcome us and there's no possible way that we can overcome them. And he wants you to come and pronounce a curse on them so that he might prevail. Well, Balaam should have known before he even sought God about it that they were God's people, and he did. He should have known that if those people belonged to God, he'd better keep his hand off of them. But Balaam saw all of the gifts he saw all of the treasures. He saw all of the good things that these princes were bringing down. And he wanted to receive the glory from this king. And so Balaam, instead of just doing what he should have done, he said, Well, I'll pray about it. Come on. I'll pray about it. You know, I've heard people make that statement so casually and so unrealistically. Just, I'll pray about it. Not even really stopping to think whether there's a need for prayer or not, or not knowing whether God really wants them to do it or not. Well, I'll pray about it. I have a fellow in my church, and I don't care if you ask him to mow the lawn or to polish the glasses in the back of the church. He'd have to pray about it first. Amen. I'll pray about it, Pastor, and then I'll let you know. And this is what Balaam had to do. He had to pray. He got down in there, and he began to pray. God come to him. He said, Balaam, who's these people that are with you? I believe God knew who they were. Amen? 
God knew who they were before, yes, but he was just coming to meet with Balaam and find out what Balaam wanted, and he knew what he wanted, but he wanted to see the reactions of this prophet. Later on in the New Testament, it speaks of the madness of the prophet because of his foolishness to call and seek God over something so ridiculous as this. Be like me getting down to pray. Somebody said, let's go out tonight. Brother Messler, it's a nice bar down here, and we'll just go hang one on. And I thought about it, and I thought, well, let me pray about it first. <laughs> Amen. You say, well, that's kind of stupid. Well, so was Balaam. Amen. And so is a lot of people today that are trying to pray about things that they already know God doesn't want them to do from the beginning. He got down on his knees, and God said, who are they? He said, well, now, Lord, these are people that King Balak had sent down. And he said, he wants me to go out there and to curse those children of Israel because he said, they're too many for him. God said, Balaam, those people are blessed. They're my people. The blessings have gone upon them. And he said, you cannot curse them. So Balaam came out. He told them, he said, I'm sorry. The Lord just won't give me leave. He just won't allow me to bless or to curse those people because they're people that are already blessed to Him. So you're going to have to go back. Well, that should have been enough even right there. He'd done a foolish thing. But the Bible says that those men went back and they came back with more gifts. like sent them back the second time, loaded down with gifts and treasures and greater offers. Old Balaam came out and he looked and he saw all those donkeys loaded down with everything he'd always dreamed of. All the things that he just couldn't live without. Amen? Come on. And he saw all of these treasures and the things that the king was offering him. And so Balaam said, well, while you stay here again tonight, i got to pray about it. God already told him no. Amen? And now all God expected him to do was to obey, but Balaam had to pray again. He got down on his knees. He said, oh God, you don't understand. You didn't see all of these things that these people are trying to offer me. After all, I'm one of your children. I belong to you. Don't you think the servant of God ought to be blessed? Come on. You know, there's a lot of people that will compromise their own soul just to get a blessing. Financial blessing, that is. They don't stop to think about whether it's in the will of God or whether it isn't in the will of God. You know, God wants to bless us, but there's a good way of doing it and there's a wrong way of doing it. Come on. I remember holding a revival one time. God spoke to me. He was holding a revival for a certain evangelist. He had a big tent pitched out and he was he was ministering in this tent. And, and I knew that he was in a financial difficulty with his tent. He had to pay off a certain amount of it and buy a certain date. I was sitting there, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, receive an offering for this man for his tent, that he can pay it off. And so I took up an offering for him, and it was a good offering. And at the end of the service, he came to me and said, hey, he said, I really appreciate you receiving that offering. He said, that's something I really needed. Now, he says, before you go, he says, I'm going to see that you get half of it. And it kind of dumbfounded me for a minute. And I said, now, wait a minute. What did you say? He said, I'm going to see that you get half of it. I said, man, I don't want half of it. And he said, well, that's just the way we work. He said, uh, if we receive an offering, we always spend half of the evangelists. I said, maybe you didn't understand me. I said, God spoke to me while I was on the platform to take an offering for you and your tent. And I said, that's exactly what it was for. And I wouldn't touch a dime of that for, with a ten-foot pole because that's where it's supposed to go. 
And I said, if you want to give it to somebody else, go ahead and you'll answer to God. But I did what I'm supposed to do, and I'm not going to touch it. I believe there's a lot of people sometimes uh, that their motives and their spiritual life get a little mixed up because they get their eyes upon things round about them, and they start seeking God for something that they already know God doesn't want them to have. Balaam, he prayed again. The Lord said, no, Balaam, I told you, how can you curse whom I blessed? Those are my people. You can't do it. And so Balaam went on and he sent them back. He said, I'm sorry God won't let them go. But he stood there and watched them all the way, thinking, oh, oh, Lord, look what you made me miss out on. Amen. And finally the Bible says that the king sent them back the third time with promises even to be half of his kingdom and everything that he had with more treasures than he had the first two times. He sent them back again. And again, Balak came out and when he saw even more. I suppose he thought, well, I know the Lord sent him back the third time because God knew I'd get more if I waited. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible doesn't say that, but I've worked with people long enough till I know human nature. That's just the way it is. They'll be putting God to every part of it. They'll say to themselves, I wonder why God didn't let me do it. I wonder why, because look at what I would have got. The second time it gets bigger, well, I can't understand why. And the third time, well, now I'm beginning to see. Yes, the Lord wanted me to have more. God had already told Balaam, no. Don't touch it. Those are my people. You can't put a curse upon them. It's taboo. Forget it. But old Balaam went in the third time, and he began to pray. I'll pray about it. I'll pray about it. Finally, this time, God's answer was a little different. Have you ever had your children come to you and ask you something, and you say, no, 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 no. And every time you turn around, somebody's tugging on your coat back there, hey, why not, why not, why not, why not? And finally, you break down a little bit and say, well, all right, if you'll do it this way. And they always end up getting in trouble because you know what's better for them anyway. Amen? And you've done it yourself. You've done it so many, many times. Every time your parent says no, and then you've tried and tried and tried, so finally you ended up getting yourself into a predicament. Well, that's what happened to Balaam. He kept on praying about something that he knew God didn't want him to do. Finally, God said, all right, Balaam, if you're so determined in your heart to go up there, go on. I've given you a will. I can't stop you. If you've made up your mind that you're going to go up there, you can go. But I'll tell you one thing. You better not say anything but what I tell you to say. If you open your mouth and say the wrong thing, you're going to get into trouble. And old Balaam thought, thank God, I can go. I can go. And he got on his donkey and he began to ride back with him. And when he came, think about it, to the... To the to a, a tunnel that he was to go through. The Bible said his donkey was so fearful because the angel of the Lord was standing in it. And there it crushed Balaam's foot and fell down upon the ground. Turned around, Balaam got so mad that he got off of his donkey and he took his switch and he began to beat the thing with his rod and beat the poor animal as hard as he could. And the Bible said the donkey spoke to him and said, Why do you beat me? Hallelujah. I think I'd have run all the way back home. <laughs> Balaam said, I wish I had a rod, I'd kill you. He didn't seem to be surprised at all. The donkey said again, haven't I been a good donkey all these years? 
Balaam said, yes, but he said, now look what you've done. The donkey said, you ever think there has might have been a reason for it? And he turned around there, and there was the angel of God standing in that tunnel with his sword drawn. And then old Balaam fell down upon his face. And the angel reminded him again that he was to go forth, but he was only to say what God told him to say. You know, that's good doctrine, church, to remember that you're nothing but a tool, a vessel. Some people think they're so great because they've received a great gift and they speak in tongues. It's like I've often said, Balaam's ass spoke in tongues. A tongue that was completely foreign to him. God used a donkey, a dumb animal, to forbid the madness of that prophet. When nobody else could speak to him, God spoke to an animal. You know something? God can use anybody that will just submit themselves to Him. All He's looking for is a channel. Don't ever feel that you have power within yourself. Your power comes from God. Hallelujah. And Balaam was being made very clear that God was trying to show him that his obedience was the thing that was necessary. Not his prayer or his asking or his seeking God, but doing what he knew that God already wanted him to do. Finally, you know the story. I don't have to go through it all. When Balaam stood upon the mountain, waiting for God to give him the words to say, instead of them being a curse upon the people of Israel, the words that gave God gave Balaam to say was a blessing. Hallelujah. And there, standing before King Balak, and before all of his princes, and before all of the dignitaries, and the great men of that country, King was standing right there with him, Balaam had to pronounce a blessing upon those people that made them stronger than they were before. Hallelujah. And instead of getting all of the riches and the blessings and the honor that he thought he was going to get from that king, the king's anger was kindled and they kicked him clear out of the country without anything. Not even a trinket. And not only that, he missed God's best in his life. He didn't get the offerings and all of these good things that he thought he was going to get. Neither did he get the honor of God because God was determined to be discouraged with this man because he kept trying to do something that God had already told him not to do. And because of this, he lost honor from God, honor from man, riches, everything he possessed simply because he tried to substitute prayer for something that had to be obedience. We cannot do it. How different was the life of this young man that I read about? C.T. Studd. Right after he got saved, he sat up till 4 o'clock in the morning going through the Bible. When somebody asked him why he stayed up that long, he said, It wouldn't do what God said. It's easy to get down on your knees and pray, but it's something else to be obedient to the message that God lays upon your heart when you pray. Hallelujah. It's easy to get down and say, Lord, what would you want me to do? But it's an entirely different story to do it when you've got the answer. I believe what God is looking for is obedient hearts and people that will surrender their lives completely over to God. I believe that many people today are using prayer as an excuse to do what they want to do. Come on. One lady came to me and said a man came to her and told her, said, God told me to tell you that you're supposed to leave your husband come marry me. She says, I've been praying about it. And she says, I want to know. I said, Sister, if you are praying about that, you need to get saved. 
You just need to get saved all over again because God isn't going to tell somebody something that He didn't say in His Word. If it doesn't correspond with the Word of God, God didn't say it, you might as well know that. Amen. Oh, I believe it's time that we stop trying to figure things out ourselves and do what we want to do and looking for little ways and little holes and little angles to get the thing out of life that we want to get and start being obedient to the Spirit of God and say, God, I'm going to be your obedient servant even if it is something that I don't want to do, even if it's something that I don't feel that I can. Lord, I know what you would have me to do in this situation. Glory to God. Romans, the 12th chapter says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Hallelujah. You don't need to pray about that and say, God, do you want me to present myself? What God wants you to do is completely surrender yourself, your will, your mind, every part of you to the plan of God. Hallelujah. And then in your prayer, let it be a time of praise and rejoice and uplifting and holding up the saints of God and then entering in by the power of God's Holy Spirit to do exactly what He wants you to do. Because deep down in your heart right now, you know what it is. I don't have to tell you about it. Some people wait for a revelation. Oh, God, speak to Him and that I'll know if I shouldn't do this or not. If you're having to ask whether you shouldn't do it or not, you better not do it. Amen. Because down inside, you know, God wants you to be obedient. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Maybe the thing that you're doing is great, a great sacrifice unto the Lord. Just like Saul, when God told him to take all of the spoil and offer it and destroy it all, the king, the animals, everything that is, destroy it. Don't bring it back. But old Saul saved just a little bit. And he thought, well, I'll bring back some of the best stock. I'll bring back the kings so that I can rule over them and they can see how great I am. I'll bring back some of the women of my choice. And he brought them back and Samuel came and he said, Saul, he said, didn't God tell you to destroy all of the spoil, everything in that city? Saul said, yes, he did. And I did. And Samuel said, Saul, what is the bleeding of the sheep that I hear in my ear? What is the lowing of the cattle that I hear over there? Saul said, well, Samuel, you know, I saved just enough to offer sacrifice to God. Some of the very best of the cattle, and I thought sure that we could bring those back and offer them as a sacrifice to the Lord. See how much more I can do for God because I kept these? See how much more that we can accomplish by giving great sacrifice to God and bringing back those stock that we brought back? Samuel looked at Saul and he said, Saul, obedience is greater than sacrifice. And you know, there's a lot of people that may feel like they're making great sacrifices for God. But what God really wants out of you, you might sacrifice days and nights upon your knees. You might find yourself praying and praying and praying. I saw a fellow that prayed so much, he became so heavenly minded, he was no earthly good. That's all he did was sit in a corner and pray. And he says, the Bible says we're supposed to pray. I said, the Bible said we're supposed to win people to Jesus. How many of you have gotten saved? I haven't got time to go out there. I've got to pray that souls will be saved. Brother, you're missing the mark on that. God wants obedience hearts. 
that will do as He has commanded us to do. And when you go forth, then victory is going to go before you. Hallelujah. Do you believe that tonight? Oh, I'll tell you, God wants to do... You know, you've seen, you've seen things here, but I'm going to prophesy to you. I don't believe you've even started to scratch the surface as to what God wants to do. If God could open up a screen and show you some of the things that He wanted to do, it would literally blow your mind. You couldn't receive it right now. You're going to have to progress into it. I can sense it, church. I've often said there's a lot of things in this world I don't know, but there's one thing I do know with the Spirit of God and when He's dealing with my heart. And I'll tell you this, if you'll be obedient to God and be a faithful servant to Him, completely surrender to God to do the command of Jesus Christ, don't try to make excuses and pray about things that God has already told you to do, but just simply act and do what God says. And I'll guarantee you something will begin to transpire in your life. Can you imagine what would happen if God would raise up 300 preachers right out of this congregation? Glory to God, and He can do it. Every person that's sitting in that chair right now, God can give you your own special little anointing, uh, your own special ministry, uh, the power of God in you uh, to reach out and touch this world uh, in a way that nobody else can do uh, but you yourself. God wants to use you uh, the way you are to meet a particular need. And the only way that can be done is through obedience and surrender to the cause of Christ. Do you believe that? Let's praise Him tonight. Let's just lift up our hands and tell Him that we love Him. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sharandoria karanda la bababarasaya. What do you think? Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Blessed be the Lord. Oh, He is Lord. He is Lord. Sing it out to Him. He Oh, yes, Lord, uh, is Lord. 
says he is Lord, he is Lord, he has risen from the dead and he is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Do you know that is going to happen just as sure as you're occupying that pew tonight? Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every knee of the past, present, of the future Every tongue of the past, present, and the future is going to bow and going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Maybe you're saying in your heart, Brother Mister, not me. I don't buy that stuff. I can't go along with what you're saying. I can't believe that this is true. But believe me, you'll bow and you'll confess. The only thing that you have to say about it is when you'll bow and when you'll confess. You could confess your sins to Jesus Christ tonight. You could bow your knee before God tonight. You could accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior tonight. Or you could wait until Jesus comes and catches His bride away. And then it's going to be too late. You can wait until you're killed or until you die or until you're lost eternally without Jesus Christ. Then it's going to be too late, but you'll bow anyway. And you'll confess anyway. Only at this time, it will be to no avail. Right now, God has given you an opportunity that you might cry and call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is a promise. I will answer His call. God will save your life. I challenge you tonight, how many will be honest with me and say, Brother Messler, I know that I need to make this decision. I know I need to receive Jesus Christ into my heart and my life. And I want to be obedient to God and that tugging that I feel at my heart. I want to give my life to Jesus right now as I have opportunity. Would you lift up your hand quickly to slip it up while we're pausing for a moment? Slip it up and slip it down. Say, pray for me, brother. I want to be saved. Lift it up high that I may see it. Yes, I see the hand back there. Are there others? Come on, raise it up. Yes, I see it, Mother. Come on, if there are others, say, I want to be saved tonight. I want to give my heart to Jesus. I need to get right with God right now. Just slip your hand up very quickly. We want to pray with you, and I believe God's going to change your life right now at this very moment. God speaking to your heart, obey Him. Obey Him and receive His plan and His command right now. God will do and work in your life in a way that you never thought possible. Glory to God. Are there others that the Lord's speaking to? Just slip up your hand right now, quickly. Would you do that? Slip it up and slip it down and say, pray for me, Brother Esther. Pray for me. Pray for me. I need Jesus. And I want to be right with the Lord. You know, the people of Israel, when they were camped down there below Balaam, 
They were so great, so mighty, and so many, he knew that he didn't stand a chance. And I thank God for those people that were down there. Right now before us, we see a body of believers that are great and mighty and powerful in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you something, you don't stand a chance in the midst of those people. I'll tell you the greatest thing you can do is join them. Don't try to fight them. Because God is an overcomer. God is speaking to hearts right now and He knows uh, that you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. He's given you an opportunity at this very hour to receive Him. Wouldn't you slip up your hand with these that already have and say, Yes, brother, I know something's missing in me and I want to get it straightened out tonight. Come on quickly, just slip it up, slip it down. I'm not going to take a lot of time, but I know God's... Yes, I see that hand. There's still others. Come on. God's speaking to hearts right now. I don't mind taking time to give somebody an opportunity to give his heart to Jesus. Because that's the only answer. It's the only answer to the problems of this life. is to be obedient to God. Hallelujah. When you are obedient, it doesn't mean you're not going to have any. But it does mean that he'll go through them with you. Hallelujah. And that he'll see you through. Praise God. Are there others? Say, Brother Mister, I need to commit my life to God tonight. And I want to slip up your hand quickly. Quickly. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right, I want to sing that chorus. And just remain the way you are. We're going to sing it. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead. And He is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And as we sing it, I want those of you that lifted your hand, wherever you are right now, to stand to your feet and come down to this altar. Would you do that? I know it takes courage, but that's the only kind of people God can use. You come on right now. Make your commitment to God as we sing it. That's right. Come on. He is Lord. There are others that lifted your hand. God's speaking to you. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead. And He You know, I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place right now. God's doing works and He's ministering to His body of believers. But you know, I sense it in the Holy Spirit tonight. There are those of you here 
you've been guilty. You love God. Oh, you love God very dearly. God's real in your heart and your life. But the Lord has shown you a number of things that He wants you to do. He's putting certain things upon your heart that you're supposed to be obedient to Him. Doesn't matter what it is. Maybe it's an act. Maybe it's a gift. Maybe God's spoken to you about a certain amount to put in an offering. Maybe the Lord has shown you things and God has witnessed to you by others and you've never done it. You've been disobedient. You've had a tendency to say, well, I want to pray about it. Maybe it hasn't even been in that particular thing. But you know that God is speaking to your heart right now. And even though you're a Christian, you just want to come up here and say, Lord, I commit myself to you. And I know that I'm turning my life completely, wholly over to you, committing myself to you tonight. I'm not going to pray about it as much as I am. Be obedient and do what you tell me to do. You know, I just feel right now there's a lot of you here that God is raising you up to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. You want to commit yourself to God completely, wholly, in an act of obedience to the Lord. We're going to sing that chorus again. Wherever you are, whoever you are, I want you to stand to your feet and come and stand with us right here. Would you do that? Come on, right now. Oh, it takes courage to come up and say, Lord, I know I missed it sometimes, but I'm willing to do it right now, but God will honor it. Come on, in the name of Jesus. He is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen. And He is Lord. Every day shall come. Every tongue confess that is Hallelujah. Just Christ is Lord. Glory to God. feel the victory and the liberty of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's going to honor you tonight. He's going to honor your sacrifice. Maybe you've been disobedient concerning a situation or a problem or a difficulty that you know nothing about, but it just hasn't rubbed you right. Brother, all we can do is follow the Word of God and do just exactly as God's Word says and stay right there in obedience to God. And then He's going to honor us and He's going to do something in our hearts and our lives. Do you believe that? I'm going to pray right now. You know, I just feel like Balaam as he stood out there to put a blessing upon the people of Israel. 
And this is what we're going to do. If you're very sincere in your heart, you really mean this in your life, I want you to just stretch forth your hands right now. The Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, I listen to what I'm saying. Listen to me. Listen to me. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, you're presenting your body to God, a living sacrifice tonight. That's what you're doing. But notice what the second verse says. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That means that your presentation of yourself cannot be done in a single act of standing before the church and saying, Here I am, Lord. But that your presentation has to be a daily devotion by not conforming to the world, but by being separated and allowing God to transform your mind and to minister to the needs that you have each day. That's what it's going to take. Now, I challenge you as you present yourself right now, make up your mind that you're going to live it and walk it. And not conform to the ways and to the customs and to the styles of this world, but be a separate individual in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Holy and acceptable unto Him. Lift your hands right now and commit yourself to God and say, Lord, here I am. Take me. Oh, God, let the blessing of the Lord fall upon these people. Minister to their need in the name of Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Take them, Lord. Take them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Emandala mama mandoria, Emandala mama randaya, Emandala mama randoria, Emandala mama randara bakiandaya, Lebo shatala mandoria saya. Glory to Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Shitala barondoria saya. Oh, Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, I want those of you, those of you that are standing here, you just remain right where you are. Those of you that are out there in the audience, you need healing in your body, just stand to your feet wherever you are right now. You stand up. You know, God's going to perform miracles here tonight. I believe that. If there are those of you that have come up here to commit yourself to God that are standing here, you need healing in your bodies, I want you to pray with us right now while we pray. You just pray that prayer of faith. Lay your hand upon your body, and if you don't have a sickness, you pray for these others. You know what? We're going to come against every sickness, every disease, every problem that's in this body right now, and God's going to set it free in the name of Jesus. Just lay your hand upon your own body in the name of the Lord. Father, I curse every sickness. Every disease, uh, every physical difficulty or deformity, uh, I cast it out to this body 
may it be free from this place and be healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Woo! Glory to God. Receive your healing in the name of the Lord. in the name of Jesus. Completely in the name of Jesus. Receive your healing right now. Shandala Babarasaya. Shandala Mamarasaya. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, now just lift your hands and give Him thanks for what He's done. We're going to ask your pastor to come and do as God wills. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God bless you, brother. Amen. Glory to God. Let's all stand together, shall we, in the presence of the Lord. Could we all stand? Thank the Lord for His love. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad the Lord's in the business of saving souls? Amen. Vicki, I want you to tell me what the Lord's done for you. Oh, He's changed it so much. Amen. Praise the Lord. There's a little girl that God touched her life a couple of years ago. She wasn't faithful to the Lord Jesus, but God used her testimony in her family, and all of her family have come to the Lord since then. This is a rejoicing night for the Simpsons. Amen. She's come back to Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. God. Don't you love the Lord tonight? Tell you so good to us to give us opportunities to repent and turn from sin and make our hearts right with Him. Get ready for His coming. Yes, Amen. Let's bow our hearts, shall we, in the presence of the Lord for a moment. want to remind those that are interested that there's an interdenominational ladies uh, prayer meeting and share time and Bible study. 10 o'clock in the morning, 629 Morel Boulevard, Pat Payson's house. Then there's a prayer meeting here in this building for anyone that wants to just come, just straight prayer meeting, 1030. Tomorrow night, there are cards still left on the revival. Get some and invite your friends and neighbors. Pray tomorrow concerning the needs of our community and of our own needs and of our souls and hearts and of those needs that are needful. And then go and invite somebody to these services tomorrow night. While our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, I'm going to ask Leon Schlotterbeck 
if you'll ask God's blessing in dismissal.